Hey everybody, thanks for coming back to this week's episode of Music the Bed of Life. Today I am amazingly excited because I have in the house someone very special, actually very near and dear to me. I don't even know if he knows how, how <laughs> near and dear he is to me, but I met this gentleman quite a few years ago and have just been amazed ever since. And as you saw on the description, if you read it, he is a Grammy uh, award-winning producer, songwriter, and composer, and instrumentalist. I think I'll say multi. I don't know if you are or not. We'll find out in a minute. <laughs> Let's talk to Michael B. Hey, Tony, how are you? I am well. I'm really you. touched to know I'm that special. You are, man. I, you know, <laughs> you know. I've been chasing you guys since you started. I think the first time I heard you was at the Ostrich Festival in Chandler. Was it? Yeah. Was that with Turning Point or Marion? Turning Point. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's way back. I, <laughs> I told you. That's really way back. Man, that's because I did Turning Point from 93 to 97. Uh-huh. And then, then I did the Connie Cole band. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if I was at Ostrich Fest, <laughs> that's almost 30 years ago. I know, but you really didn't have to quantify it like that. Yeah. So you can scratch, retake, <laughs> do over. I'm going to have to Let's beat edit that, that one out. out. <laughs> let me, let me I think I can do that. That was almost that was, years ago. Uh, exactly. I, I, I have that. Somewhere here, but uh, we'll do. that's funny. It's almost. Oh, you didn't hear it. Do you know that um, I still work with those guys? I still see him all the time. Yeah, Thano plays on a lot. Thano's on my CD. He'd be he's on my CD it. too if he'd answer yeah. me. But uh, oh, <laughs> he's a well, busy he's guy. The, he's a new papa now too. Yeah, I know. He's a busy he's guy. An old, he's an old papa. Ooh, hopefully he got, he's, he's going to hear this. <laughs> yeah. No, he's got two little kids and he's he's older than me. Yeah. So <laughs> Do you have kids? I don't Yeah, I have two. Do you? Yeah. I have my daughter Alyssa is turning twenty one next week. Twenty one? Yeah. Huh. About them and years whatever that was <laughs> ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Alyssa's turning 21. We're taking her out to drink. The, that's the cool thing, is that she yeah. actually wants to go out with her parents. Yeah. So she's uh, 21, and then Andrew, my son, uh, is 18, and he's a senior in high school. Man. I'm yeah, still, I know. Time flies. It does, especially when you don't have kids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like it, that, yeah. anyway. I have a step. Right. So. I didn't start at the the, the zero. <laughs> <laughs> I started at zero. Uh, that's a thing to start it to start at zero. You really don't know what to, you really think you have it figured out until that first day, and then it's like, oh wow, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> you talk, you're talking about the diaper, aren't you? <laughs> no, there's the whole thing. It's just you know, it's it's. I, you can't even explain it until you've been there. It's just everything in your life is is what happened before you had kids and since. 
<laughs> so it, it's really just like a straight line. PK, I can't or PK? even. Pre-kids I can't even. Post? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pre-K and and post-K. Um, yeah, I can't even remember life before them. Wow. It's crazy. Well, you're going to have to because I'm going to ask you this question, and this is definitely PK number one. Oh, yeah. So tell me what was your first introduction to music? And I'm talking about going all the way back to when you were as small as you could remember. What was the first introduction to music, like from the home, let's say? Mm. Um, well, the, fir- the, the first time I, I knew I wanted to play music was I, I actually came home from kindergarten and I had this little toy piano mm-hmm. and I and I figured out how to play the songs we, we sang in class. I actually remember the first song. It was called uh, Fuzzy Wuzzy Caterpillar. I, I started playing it. And my mom said, "What is that?" And I and I um, said, "That's what we sang in class today." And, and you were so playing I, it on this yeah. little toy piano. Mm-hmm. At what age? Five. And the teacher came over and said, "Yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> so you should probably, you should probably, maybe give him piano lessons." And it didn't like it didn't go like I didn't turn into Mozart. You know, I was still a little five-year-old kids so mm-hmm. the first piano teacher would teach you fingering position i didn't have any interest in that you know the teaching oh i remember now is the teaching little fingers to play <laughs> and the first song is just middle c but you have to play four of the notes with your right thumb and the other with the left thumb and i thought that was stupid i just played it all because i can hit the same note over and over again with my index finger. So it was kind of pointless. So, so even at five, you know, I wasn't really doing anything. It, it was more like six or seven when I finally started taking off. And it, for that reason, when I taught, I never taught anyone younger than seven. Because mm. it's just, there's something around that age that, that kind of starts clicking. But yeah, for me, that was it. Um I, you're, I, it sounds like your other question was like, what was my first introduction to music? And this is actually interesting because I, I remember the first little um, 45 uh, record mm-hmm. I got was Sir Duke. Really? By Stevie Wonder. Really? I thought that was the coolest you song. You got that on 45? Ever. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think it went back that far. Guess it yep. did. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Duke. And how did you get that? Now you somebody in the house had to be playing music cuz you didn't just ask for, "Hey, can I get a 45?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we my parents just had pop music on. So just know? the radio. 
Yeah, it was just the radio. But when that came on, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I kind of gravitate. It was funny that the other one I had was uh, "Play That Funky Music." Yeah, <laughs> by Wild Cherry. <laughs> I think, I mean, I can, if I think about it, I go way back. It's like I really gravitated to to the um, 70s R&B funk. Yeah. And and there was no reason for it. I mean, I had the whitest family on the planet. <laughs> and they weren't, they weren't exactly, you know, but it would come on and I really gravitated to it. So um, uh, it's, it is kind of crazy that that's what I started listening to. But, uh, those are two that I remember. Yeah, because, you, yeah. you know, I if I wanted to tell you what I what hit me first is because that's what was bought for me. It was my, right. my younger, because I'm a little older than you, just a little. Just a smidge. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like years old and... Um, Wow, that old. Yeah, yeah, I know. And <laughs> <laughs> when when you got a harp in there, that's that's old. <laughs> my my first forty five was Hickory Dickory Dock. Or was By it? Who? It might have been Pepino. Are you crazy, Mouse? Pepino the Mouse. Oh, Pepino the by um um. Oh, Louis, Louis Prima? That sounds right. But I think it's Louis get Prima. Lion. You know that song? Yeah. How do you know that song? I know all songs. I'm a musical <laughs> whore. I, I I pride myself on knowing a lot about music. But can you sing it? That's the question. No, of course not. I can sing it. <laughs> well, I, I maybe that I think if you sang it, you might want to put that harp on. As we go on. <laughs> yeah, I did sing it to my wife, and she kind of looked at me like, "Where is that dang harp oh, button?" <laughs> yeah, get the harp button out. No, that, that's a. I'm I'm almost positive that's. I'm not looking it up either. I'm, um, you know, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's Louis Prima. I believe you. That that does sound very familiar because um, I yeah. did look it up once. Um, that was and, so. That was your first one. So your parents had you um, listening to like standards. <laughs> Because yeah. I kind of consider Louis Prima like as like the, you know, he was around the time of the Rat Pack, and that's all of that music at that time was what my dad was playing. My mom that's was cool. more R and B, right? I wouldn't say hip hop because that really wasn't out. Before. No, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, a lot of jazz, a lot of jazz, and a lot of R and B, and of oh, course wow. a lot of Motown because I'm from Detroit. I'm from Pontiac. Oh, you're All from Detroit. All my relatives were in Detroit. Yeah, well, you definitely got got it then. I, you know, my family just turned on the whatever the pop station was. What's what's you know hard to believe now is today when every single 
person has their own specific way of listening to music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we only had a handful of stations back then. So right. Stevie Wonder was very popular. So if you turned on, you know, the soft rock station, they were going to play Sir Duke. Yeah. And so that's how I heard it. Today, that would never happen because <laughs> I don't I don't know how kids today can can like connect with any musician at all. Well, you know, because they're all they all have, you know, they're listening to stuff on on TikTok mm-hmm. or YouTube or they may have a, a Apple Music playlist. But I mean, there's there's no connecting artist like we had when we were young. Yeah, and that 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 was going to be uh, one of the way, places I wanted to go with you cuz we don't they don't listen to music like we listen to music for that right. very reason. We had the radio. If you yeah. wanted to listen to music, you had to sit and hunt through the radio until you right. found the genre that you wanted and and then wait for your favorite music to come come on or wait a minute, wait for it, or call the radio station and ask them to play it. Or ask them to play it, yeah. And then if they wouldn't play it, you would ride your bike down to the record store Uh and and use your allowance to buy a record. (laughs) Exactly. You know? Buy it yourself. So And then you would hear all of the album cuts, you know, that that would weren't played on the radio. Yeah. But that's that's not a thing anymore. There's another question for you. When you put on an album, did you play albums first of all, or did you? Yeah. Were you just yeah. doing forty fives? Well, when I was little, it was just a forty five because I just had a little, just the it was you know a toy mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. It was one of those toy record players that played forty fives. Yeah, with the but with my the dad had a pick for a needle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically right. <laughs> But um, my dad had a, uh, my mom and dad had a, uh, a, a record player that, that I learned how to use. Um, but, you know, they didn't really have much of a, of a collection. Um, but um, I think for me, uh, most of, at, at some point it was radio mm-hmm. that kind of took me to another to learning other different kinds of music it wasn't really this wide plethora of eclectic music <laughs> sitting around on records at my house yeah well i i was fortunate because i i kind of did um dad bought a stereo this mm-hmm. is the first stereo we had and he he it was one of those with the separate speakers this wasn't a unit where you had you know, right. left, right, and the record player in the middle. It wasn't a, a one of those. You had separate speakers, and he spread them out as far as they could go in the basement. So it was left and oh, wow. right, and I I could sit definitely in the middle. But the one song, uh, the one album he bought was the eighteen twelve overture. Oh my goodness! That stuck with me a lot. That was like yeah. the first song I think I heard off of that stereo speakers. So. It was meant to be a demo album. Right. So it was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can say the one the one thing for coming from a non-musical family that that I I can say is my dad was definitely an audiophile. He definitely wanted like the best speaker system. Mhm. And so 
I mean, whatever he had set up always sounded really cool, mm-hmm. um, which I which I liked. Um, so I, I I I got an early jump on cool equipment. Yeah, well, <laughs> it really makes being, it impressive, right? Yeah, it impresses yeah. you more. Still yeah. hearing it through the transistor radio. Oh, did I go that back that far back? <laughs> yeah, <the> transistor. <laughs> Never mind. Transistor. Scratch that. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I had a, um, when my grandmother passed away, she had this old, um, Edison. Hmm. I, I couldn't, I, I could keep, oh, I, I remember what happened, but this thing was like from, I don't know, 1907. And it was, it was the horn that came out. And, the Victrola? Yeah. It was the, it was the old Edison's. I got her all the good music there was in the world, yes sir. I bought her a Victor Victroli. And the records were really thick. Yeah. Um, in seventy. And there was no there's no electricity. You literally had to hand crank it. Yep. To get it to work, I ended up um, giving it to a, a guy that has like this. It, it's like his version of the mem. Mm. Like just a an old museum that hold held classic um, uh, equipment, but I it was just sit, gathering dust in my house. So I was like, I'm going to give it to someone who at least use it. But it is amazing if you think about it. Like from that moment all the way to when we were kids, that was still the medium. Mm. You know, they just improved the medium, right? Yeah, you know, but it was still records. It was still a needle on a groove. Yep. For like almost a hundred years. And then sure. CDs came along, and they were out in fifteen or twenty years. <laughs> you know, isn't it funny well, how just quick? Yeah, the, how quickly that new technology just came and went. Yeah, eight tracks first in between there. Somewhere. Yeah, we had eight tracks. And we had cassettes for the portable thing, but even when we had cassettes, we were just you know copying from our record player. Record player, yeah, yeah. and yeah. putting the mic in or the cassette in front of the speaker. <laughs> Yes. Man, are we, this is, this, I feel like I should be talking with an old timey voice. <laughs> yes, I remember when. I remember back when Frankfurters were a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and gas was 25 cents a gallon. Oh, oh the yeah. days. <laughs> I will say my daughter 
actually has told me she wishes she grew up in the 80s or 90s all the time. Yeah. She, she doesn't like how music is. She doesn't like today's music, doesn't like how. I mean, I know she likes how it's everything imaginable is at her fingertips. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing. It's like there's no connection for her generation. Well, that's what I was going to say about the the whole radio thing. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in my car with a friend, even down here, and just listen to music on a yeah. good stereo, on a good car audio system, like, you know, customized, right? not stock, even though stock today has gotten much better than it ever used to be. Right. You don't really need to customize it too much, but uh, unless you want to blow your brains out with the bass. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, people don't sit and just listen and absorb music. Well, you, you mentioned TikTok. I mean, how, how long does that stay on? 30 seconds? Yeah. Yeah, you can't absorb anything with TikTok. So let's get to, let's get to Michael B., He's, sure. We're going to move you up from the toy piano. And, and when did you start saying, okay, maybe I really should actually pay attention to how I'm playing piano? Because if, if people don't know yet, this man is absolutely phenomenal on the keyboard. And I'm just telling you, he didn't learn that by playing, you know, one index finger at a time. So how did you learn that? Well, uh, two fingers. (laughs) Yeah, it started with two and then slowly three. Um, um, I can't, you know, it's funny. Everything's just a blur, (laughs) you know, all I remember is at some point around seven or eight, I could play. And I think there's, I think there's a line that you have to cross as a kid to where if if you can pass a certain point where where it's not daunting to learn something because you've understood a certain point it's like it's like a whole new wave of education you get from that but a lot of people never get to that line everything's so daunting and they just kind of give up mm-hmm. but i i passed that line at an early age and that really helped because by 7 or 8 i was i was playing some pretty complicated things by the time i got to 10 or 11 i was playing scott joplin and I really? thought that was, yeah, when I heard, I can't even read, yeah, it was The Sting. You remember yeah. The Sting? Oh, yeah. Sure yeah, do. The Sting came out, and I was <laughs> I have to play, yeah, I have to play that. I thought it was the coolest thing. teacher uh his name was Stephen phelps he taught me all of, he, he would teach me that he could play it i look back and i was like god he was a damn good player mm-hmm. um and uh he was teaching me chopin and and um joplin so i was getting like ragtime and classical but then he was also teaching me chords 
and how he was, he, honestly, I was 11 or 12 years old, and this teacher was teaching me how to read a chord chart. Hmm. That's, which that's was, good. So he, and he was teaching me, you know, just, you know, stuff from My Fair Lady, and I don't even remember, but, but it would be, yeah, it was Broadway stuff, too. I didn't care. I was just a sponge. Hmm. Um, but it would be just a sheet of paper with a single melody and a chord. And I learned how to, I re- learned how to read chord charts at, at a very early age. So by the time I got into high school and went into, you know, jazz band, I, I was playing saxophone too, oh. but I, I was a horrible saxophone player. <laughs> I, I mean, to, now, I, I mean, in high school I wasn't, but I, I would never pick one up now, but it really helped. It, it got me into jazz band, and then I started taking lessons from another um, lady um, who was really getting me into, like, the complex chords. I was learning complex chords in high school, like C, like C7 raised 11. I was mm-hmm. learning that in, as a 14-year-old. And did you, well, with all that, did you learn what you were doing with that, though? I mean, did you... Like, did you learn all the modes and all of that, too? Yeah, I was learning all of it, yeah. Because yeah. you wanted and to, or is that just because they were teaching it? Because I wanted to. Because I thought it sounded cool. It does. I would hear, I, <laughs> I remember, like... Throw, throw it down I'm, on that keyboard you got next to you. Oh, well, you're not even able to hear it, but... Yeah, but no, I would uh, I would listen to uh, uh, you know it was always what we just were listening to on like Snoopy. Oh yeah, ding, you know that ding, Christmas ding, time ding, is ding, here ding, and that ding, second ding. chord oh, yes. on Christmas time is yes. here, uh, that E flat, and I was I would hear that and I was like, that is the coolest sounding chord I've ever heard. And so I wanted to know what how to play it, and I was fortunate enough to have a teacher that was oh you know. Actually, she didn't actually teach me that chord, but she was teaching me chords, and I figured out that that was the one that was that note. Mm-hmm. But honestly, Tony, I mean, I was taking lessons, but I was also just stuck up, and I was a total loner. I'd st- I, I had a little um, room uh, um, that my parents had, and I, I had bought a, with my paper route money, <laughs> I bought a Yamaha DX7. Oh, and uh, you were task- messing around, were you? No, I got a Yamaha DX7 and I got a Roland. Uh, oh God, what was Cord? it? R R five? Yes, R X five. Yeah, or seven. Oh, R X. That's the car. Nobody cares. But it was. But it was. It was this old drum machines with the with the big pads on it. Yes, and then a Tascam four track recorder. Yeah. And so then it was not just figuring out the chords that I wanted to learn. It was how, you know, what was that solo that, that he was playing? Hmm. How, how do you play that? So, uh, I mean, I had a formal education, but a lot of it was self-taught, just out of obsession. Uh, that, that sounds like me. I did a lot that, of Were formal. you the same way? Three years of formal. Like, my, my flute teacher had me sight reading like a monster you could put anything in front of me i could read it down at 10 really um but 
when I was playing with the little high school band, I keep saying little, it wasn't little. We were good. And we played four nights a week in a bar. <laughs> four really? nights a week we were booked. Yeah. Every week. We were doing school. We would practice at night, do our homework, and then go do that Thursday through Sunday. Wow. And where and, were you? Pl- were you? Where, was it here in Phoenix? No, this is in Pontiac. That, this is m- m- Detroit. Okay. Yeah, we were. No, Pontiac. Oh, Pontiac. No, Detroit. <laughs> that's that's my 26 bad. miles north of, <laughs> up the road. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that out confused. <laughs> God. But, I deal um, with that with my with my in-laws. They're from Sun City West. You never say Sun City. Oh, Don't yeah. Don't say See? Sun City. Exactly. It's Sun City West. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're not in but, Phoenix. Well, we're in Tempe. Yeah. Tempe. Well, I had a, I had a band, too, that we, we were a trio. And um, we were, um, I mean, we were playing a lot of rock. But mm-hmm. we were experimental. So I mean, these guys were into Rush and and you know that that kind of progressive stuff. But because they were into that, they were also into jazz. So I I was one of the few sixteen seventeen year olds that had guys come over with their musical instruments and drums in the living room hmm. and bass, and we would play Rush and then we would play Chick Corea. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I'm not making that up. We were playing Chick Corea. We were playing. We were playing from the real book, and then we got some gigs. And so we would, you know, we we do some some gigs. And because we did that, we actually all joined um, Young Sounds of Arizona. I remember them. You remember them? You They're still around. Band. Do you remember Joe yeah. Sellers? No. Was he? I wonder if you were. Well, after it, it him. was around. It was. I'm actually in the lost years. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not I swear to God, I'm not even in their directory. Oh. <laughs> they had they had it in the early eighties, and I know one of them was Matt Rollins, who's like one of the top session musicians in the world. Mm-hmm. He lives in Nashville. Um and then it's and then it died and then it picked back up again. And I was in the, the first year it picked back up again. Um they did that over at the musicians union. But it was it was myself and the drummer. We all went to Chaparral High School, so we, um, my drummer Jerry Judd and bass player Dave Bays, we went in and we played Chick Corea, <laughs> and they were like, "You're you're in, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like for no commercial. other reason than they they had they had three high school kids that wanted to play jazz. jazz and it was yeah. Young Sound." And that was a great experience. I, I'm Facebook friends with the director of that, Milas, Milas Yos. He was awesome. I learned a lot from that, too. But, uh, yeah, it, a lot of my start was just because I was into it, and honestly. I'm not even sure I was that good. I was just really into it. Yeah, I want to hear some of that older stuff, because I bet you were <laughs> that good. You just didn't know it. Uh, but I've I've heard better. Uh, <laughs> I want to know with you during any of that time frame between, say, the six and seven to the high school, did you right. pick up composition? That's the first question. Second question is, do oh, you have yeah. perfect pitch? Uh, my f- composition, kind of. 
Um, yeah, but not that young. I, uh, as a, I had to write a couple songs um, for my piano teacher, mm-hmm. but pretty much my obsession was just a sponge to learning every song that I really liked. Uh, the first time I started composing was when I got that synthesizer and the mm. drum machine, and then I started writing. And it's really funny that I look back at what I did as a high school kid up in that room. Mm-hmm. It's not much different than what I do now. <laughs> it really isn't. It's just the technology's better. It's gotten better, exactly. <laughs> it's really, honestly, I, if, if there was not a single part of me that would have said, I'm going to do this for a career, because that was... You, you know, I was realistic enough back then to think, what are you going to do? You're, you're on a four-track recorder. You know, all the stuff you hear on the radio, they're in these million-dollar studios mm-hmm. with a million faders that I don't know how they work. <laughs> I didn't know what an SSL board was back then. It just looked daunting. Yeah. And so there was no part of me that ever thought, this is going to lead to you doing exactly this. But that is what happened was because the four track recorder got replaced by a computer that mm-hmm. could record many hundred tracks. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so I, I, I'm a success story from technology. Well, did you ever think if you had now, if you had then what you have now, could you have done, would you have done more or done I'm sure you'd do better because, you know, the technology is better. But just idea-wise, because you can do a lot more with 100 tracks than you can do with four. Yeah. Yeah, we used to have to... Ping-pong. Ping-pong, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which ruined it. Yeah. and uh, yeah. Degradation I, every time. Yeah, <laughs> on tape, on a, on a regular cassette tape. Mm-hmm. That I, I would have 20-track recordings. Yeah, I had the ultimately. Flastics. Oh, the... Fa- yeah, that... Yeah. Um, would I have done more? I, I couldn't have done more. I, I literally was obsessed. <laughs> I did everything on that. I just would have had better sounding stuff. But, you know, you mature too. I listen to some of that stuff and it's cringy, you know. But I was just learning. You know, I give myself a pass. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever do any of that stuff over and do it better on your new equipment I don't think there's anything from high school um, but I grew I you know it is it is funny how quickly you grow because um, I mean turning point I was in right out of out of college and I, I would definitely record all that again and I mean, we're talking about, you know, the time from 16 or 17 to 22, 23. That's only a five or six year difference, but it, it's a huge difference in maturity and growth. So when you say record that stuff again, did you record that stuff? The original Turning Point? Yeah. Well, we did it out of um, Thano and Dimitri's studio. But um, I wrote all of that with Thano and Dimitri.
and um, and played all of it. Obviously, we just we, we were in a in a studio, mm-hmm. um, and they had a a twenty four track board, reel to reel, two inch, <laughs> but uh, tape, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, but that, I mean, I got how that worked. And I even back then I was thinking, well, this still isn't the standard that, you know, if you're going to be a big producer, this is still, you know, peanuts compared to what, what they're doing in, in the big studios. And that's, what, that's what's so insane to me is the plugins I have in my computer are... are better than than the best studio I could have imagined back then. Yeah. It's all in, it's all in a computer. It's all right in my screen. <laughs> um but I will say that I had you and I have the benefit of having to learn the old way. Mm-hmm. You know. We had to record as a band and mm-hmm. we had to write as a band and we had to learn how to play by learning how to play it. If you wanted to if you want to learn a song and then have someone to teach it to you, you record it on a cassette player and you hit rewind and <laughs> yes, and played it and hit rewind and played it. And what that does is it develops your ear. Um, and to answer your second question, yes, I have perfect pitch, but a lot of that is from, from that, mm. you know, today I'm making these tutorials now and it just, I play a note and the little lights, on the screen where the piano is mm-hmm. lights up. So someone only has to see that and they know how to play it. Right. And that's great, but you don't really learn that way, you know? Yeah. I, I funny. You should say that. I, I am taking piano lessons from my, one of my interlocking buddies, uh, a lady that I went to interlocking with, um, right. You know, uh, heart button years ago. And, <laughs> Huh. And we're doing this online, which is why you saw the piano right, angle right. you saw. And, yeah, yeah. And I just, just today opened up my Finger Power 3, Level 3 book. Woo! Ooh. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm digging it out the, the old-fashioned yeah. way. Well, I mean, it's great. Um, I, I'm thrilled at how many people like yourself and and young people are are gravitating towards learning now because of the technology. Mm. Um, I just, I can't emphasize how the, the method of which we had to learn back then, Mm -hmm. it just gives you, it it just gives you such an advantage because nothing is, you have to do it all on your own. Yeah, you know, it, it it forces you to listen. It forces you to play. It forces you to, you know, you you don't get to hit quantize to straight <laughs> straighten things out. You got to learn how to do it. You have to learn how to sing. And I feel like we're the last generation that got that right before technology took I, over. I hear you. You know, I hear you. I sometimes feel like, gosh, am I just getting old? Or is it that stuff really is that way? You know, you don't learn like we used to learn, like from the ground up. Yeah. They, they have a, they definitely have a huge advantage. I mean, you've got, you've got, and shamefully I use it, band in the box. 
you know, plug your chords yeah. in and let it play something out for you. And and then you it, it's what you do with it from there that makes the difference, though. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, when my kids have kids <laughs> and then they're our age saying, oh, I remember when mm. back that they're going to be complaining they're going to say, well, back then I had to read a screen. Now AI does it. <laughs> back then I had to use back then I had to use chords. Right. I, I, I had to do all that. And, and now, you know, AI does everything for you. Yeah, scary you know, that's going to happen. I, I think about that more than, you know, uh, but, but uh, I'm not an old guy when I say that, um, everybody before us had to learn the same way, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yes. We all had to learn the same way there. I, I didn't have any technology. I mean, I had s some technological advantage in that there, I had a four track recorder. Um, but it was, it was still, you know, the same things that they were using, you know, 30 years earlier. Yeah. Just maybe, maybe it wasn't accessible from your home. But um, there wasn't, oh, like true. I say, it's like the record players, you know, yeah, if we, you if you were listening to a song on a, on a record player in the 1970s and went back 70 years and wanted to hear a song, you were hearing it on a record. On a record. Player. It yeah. just wasn't it just the the way it came out through an, an electric speaker as opposed to a hand crank was different, but it was still the same you know, medium. And so, and the way you learned was the same. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that you had to force yourself to learn, you know, what is this? What is that? What is this? Um, it, you, you know what? I'll, I'll give you the equivalent. The same, the same damn thing is going on with, with uh, kids uh, with GPS. <laughs> they don't know. Sh they don't know shit about where anything is if you turn gps off they can't find their way home from a mile away <laughs> i represent and that we, remark i mean yeah i know what you but mean but <laughs> we had to learn the valley you know when i was a kid i had to learn the valley i had a job running errands and i had it just the fact that you have to force yourself to do that makes you understand north yeah, is north, different south, than, than yeah, south yes. and west. is, And so when it's not handed to you from a technology, you actually force yourself to learn, you know, where it is. So if somebody says, oh, yeah, it's on, you know, it's 5400 East Camelback. I know that's 54th Street in Camelback. You right. tell that to a kid, they're like, I don't know where that is. Yeah, I don't know where that is. You know, they don't, have, they don't have a clue. And that's the same thing. It's like they can get there. They can drive there because they have the technology, but right. they don't really know what it means, what part of the valley they are. And it's the same thing with music. Yeah. They can they can play the chords, they can, but they're almost like parrots. You know, if they don't really know what it means to have that. I, 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 if I can teach this next generation one thing, it would be to understand why something sounds the way it does. Yes. Why does that sound dissonant? Why does that sound happy? Why does that sound sad? Why is that yeah. why is that tugging at your heartstrings? Because the fact is Hey everybody. You're listening to Michael B, Grammy-winning producer and composer and keyboardist. We're going to finish this out with part 1 and we're going to come back next week 
for part two. Thanks for listening today. We definitely appreciate you. And don't forget to come back next week. It's going to be some great talk and more nugget dropping. And it's, we were just having such a good time. We just couldn't stop. So thanks for listening. Catch you next week.